This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Pastor Michael, we've got a great question that's been submitted today. Where does it say in the scriptures that a woman should lead or teach men? Here's a follow-up. Is this just for the church or is it also in other settings as well? And is there is it still applicable for today? And if so, why? What do you say? I have a lot to say. Um, <laughs> are you surprised? Uh, one of the things I love is that when we read the Bible, our American sensibilities are constantly offended. And I just so appreciate that God was not concerned with offending us. Like, I think he loves to do that. I think he loves it. And so one of the things we just got to get real comfortable with when we read the Bible is that it's going to say things that grind us and that's okay. And the challenge for us is, are we willing to submit our culture to the word of God and not make the word of God submit to our culture? Big deal. So let's, let's answer this question. Let's start with the old Testament. Then we'll transition to, to the new Testament. And so in the old Testament, there were gender limitations, uh, priests, and Levites had to be men. Warriors had to be men. Now, I want to make one thing clear here, and that is God does not limit um, positions and roles and responsibilities to gender because he's a chauvinist or he's a patriarchal like jerk. Um, God does it all. because when he made creation, he made gender, and he made gender specifically to reveal his nature and character in two specific capacities or places, the church and in the family. And so in the church and in the family, God puts gender restrictions on things because in those contexts, God has created these institutions to reveal uniquely and distinctly from all other institutions on the planet, his nature and character. That's right. So we're not going to find that God has any kind of arbitrary limitations in government or with women owning businesses or being entrepreneurs or anything of the sorts. But there are gender limitations in the local church and in the family. For example, like men are not permitted to gestate and carry babies in their wombs and then give birth, right? <laughs> Bad example. All right, we'll keep going. So um, in the Old Testament, though, there were female prophetesses. I can't ever say that word. Prop. There was a female prophet, S, and her name is Miriam. Uh, and so we know that even though the majority of prophets were male, that there were some females filled uniquely with the Spirit of God. They were sprinkling th sprinkled throughout old, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes, which is very cool. We see that Deborah was a judge. She was a political leader, although it had spiritual dimensions. It was primarily a political leadership position. And the question could be asked, was this an indictment on the lack of male leadership or was this an affirmation of female political leadership? Either way is a relevant different podcast. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament, this is probably what we're most concerned with. Okay, And so the New Testament, um, again, does not address women in political leadership, business leadership, or anything of the sorts. And there are three major offices in the church that are going to have gender restrictions. Okay, Number one is the office of apostle. Now, let's be clear. The office of apostleship is done. It's gone. It died with the first century Apostles. That's right. You may be a health and wealth preacher. You may be like a faith healing guy. Like you might call yourself apostle, whatever, whatever, you know, like you're not an apostle. You're not an apostle. 
Okay. That's right. You weren't around when Jesus was alive. Totally. You did not see his resurrection. And that's the criteria yeah. for being an apostle. Totally. So um, that gift is done. But that gift was limited to men. All of the disciples who then became the apostles were male, right? Mm-hmm. All of the replacements were male. There was one, uh, there is one challenge to that. In Romans 16, 7, we meet Junia and um, some translations translate Romans 16, 7 in a way that seems to allude to the idea that she could have been an apostle. The actual grammar and syntax um, rightly interpreted do not permit that option. So the ESV translates it accurately. I'll just read it so we can have it. Um, Paul says at the end of Romans 16, verse 7, greet Androconus, love that name, and Junia, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners, they are well known to the apostles. Okay. Um, they are well known to the apostles. Again, you might open up your Bible and some translations may allude to the idea that Junia could have been an apostle, but she was not. Okay. So the second office is the office of elder. Here are some synonyms for the office of elder. We have pastor, shepherd, uh, bishop, overseer. All of these are different words that reference the same office. For example, the office of the president of the United States of America is also referred to as POTUS or the commander in chief or... Is there another name? There's like three other names for him, but he's got a bunch of them, right? All of them reference the same office, but because of the name, they describe different aspects of the office, but it's the same fundamental office. Right. So for the sake of this podcast, we'll call it the office of elder, okay? And elders in scripture are gender specific. It must be a biological male. That is what an elder is. And there will be those that will argue that case, but scripture is pretty clear. First Timothy chapter three says, therefore, an overseer, a bishop, an elder, a pastor must be above a, fro- above a reproach, the husband of one wife. And he goes on to describe other char- characteristics yep. of an elder, a pastor, or an overseer. Yep. So it's pretty clear he has to be that role is designated for males. Right. And and it's not designated for males because God is a chauvinist. We've got to just correct. make that clear because some people hear this and you hear it through maybe a, a liberal cultural lens that anybody who restricts any office in any place to men and not to women um, has some kind of, we'll just say, bigotry in them. That's just not the case. God restricts gender in the local church and in the family, and he gives different roles to each, not because he's a chauvinist, but because each gender each gender specifically reveals a unique and beautiful part of his nature and character. That being said, um, we have elders who every example of an elder, pastor, bishop, overseer, shepherd in scripture is a dude. Mm-hmm. Every example of an apostle is a dude. They are gender specific. Okay. Um, but now we get to the third office, which is the office of deacon. And this is a little bit more difficult to nail down. I'll give you two examples of why. Romans 16.1, we meet Phoebe, not from Friends, the TV show, but Phoebe. <laughs> and it says this, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church. Now, servant is the Greek word diakonos, which is where we get our word deacon, deacon from. And, and many people are called diakonoses in, in scripture. The question is, is Paul referencing Phoebe to the office of deacon, or is he just saying she's a faithful servant? Likely, likely, not absolutely, but likely, he's just talking that she is a a, a faithful servant of Jesus Christ um, in that church. So that being said, it's not 100%. The second uh, passage of scripture that that possibly opens up the office of deacon to women 
um, is from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. Prior, he's speaking to the deacons, and here's what he says. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderous, etc. In the Greek, the word for wives is simply this, gune. It doesn't even say there. It just says the gune, okay, mm-hmm. plural. Now, this can be translated in one of two ways. It can be translated wives or women. Mm-hmm. So here's what here, here are some potential interpretations of 1 Timothy um, 3.11. Um, the deacons, blah, 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 blah. And likewise, the deacons' wives, the deacons' gunes. Mm-hmm. Or it could be translated, the deacons, blah, 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 verse 11. Um, the female deacons, the gunes, the female women, the female deaconesses um, must be not slanderers, not gossipers, et cetera. So it could be translated either way. It could either be translated female deaconesses or it could be translated the deacon's wives. We just, we don't know. There's a couple things that would lead me, keyword lead me, um, not absolutely, but just in the general direction that women are not deacons. Um, first of which is in Acts chapter six, we have seven deacons that are named. It's the first time the office of deacon is, is organized. It's organized and described. And it's all dudes. I mean, it's just all That's dudes. Right. And the irony of this is that they were actually organized to resolve issues with widows, like women. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that if, if there was ever a time to put female deacons in place, it would be with right this there. group of people who are going to be working with female widows to help them resolve some of the issues they were dealing with. <clears throat> but that's not what God does at all. He puts seven men into place. Now, that being said, I have no issues if a church has female deacons. If, if God called me to a different church and they had female deacons, I wouldn't be bothered by it. Personally, I lean, keyword lean again, <laughs> that the office of deacon is reserved for men. And at the village church, it has been our practice to not have female deacons. Again, not because we're chauvinists or anything, but because... Um, there are no clear examples of women deaconesses, and we're probably just playing the safe card on that one. Better to be safe than sorry. But women are functioning alongside of our deacons and doing everything that a deacon would possibly do. Uh, So here's the question. Um, What can women do in the local church? Here's the answer. Everything except for one thing. You cannot, if you're a woman, be an elder. That's it. Okay. And you can't do the things that the elders do. So um, somebody might say, okay, but Michael, um, I have an objection for you. And they will read um, the following passages, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. And here's what Paul says. So women, get ready to get all offended and worked up. You ready? Good. I do not permit a woman to do what, Tim? Teach. Or to? Exercise authority. Over a? Man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Yes. So women should keep their mouths shut in church. They should never talk. I mean, that is just the rule, right? No more women on our worship team. Can I get an amen? No. That's that's a load of junk. So here's the issue, okay? Um, When he's speaking of teaching or exercising authority, those are the distinct and direct um, applications of the office of elder. Here's what he's telling women. You are not allowed to be elders and to function as elders. You're not allowed to have the um, teaching authority of an elder, the uh, positional authority of an elder. That is a position in the local church that God is a reserve for men, not because he's a chauvinist, but because in that gender application, he's revealing something unique and distinct about his character. Okay. So God has set aside that responsibility for men. And then he goes on and here's what he says. Why? Why do we do this? For Adam was formed first, then Eve. So this order is based in the created order. And in the Jewish mindset, if you're the firstborn, you have the authority of the firstborn. So this supersedes social and cultural arguments that uh, this is a historical argument because 
Paul is actually making this argument all the way back to the book of Genesis at the very beginning. Totally. And this isn't the only time he roots male headship, leadership, and teaching authority in the creation account. This is a very normal response for Paul. Um, He hears the objections of his readers and he says, okay, listen, 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 listen. I'm not saying this like because as a result of the fall, women need leaders. What I'm saying is God organized creation this way. And in the local church and in the family, there are gender roles. And when it comes to authority, um, when it comes to positions of authority in the local church, this elder position um, it is given to men to reflect a certain part of God's nature and character. Mm-hmm. And so it's based in creation, the created order, not because of the fall. And then in 1 Corinthians 14.34, Here's what he says. The women should keep what, Tim? Silent. Silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission. Okay. So you could isolate this, take it out of context. And some churches have done this and not let women Absolutely. speak anywhere. Some churches have. But here's the deal. In the same book, Paul permits women to prophesy, to pray, to teach women, to teach. I mean, Clearly, he does not mean women have to sit there in their culottes with their beanies on their head, like Indian style and with their hands folded and not say a single word. All they can do is shush their children when they speak. Like that is not what he's trying not at all to communicate. So what he's trying to communicate is that the teaching office, this time of teaching and doctrine authority is reserved for the elders. Possibly, we don't know all of the cultural dynamics for sure that go into this passage culturally maybe the women were being like really rebellious in some way and paul's like look y'all you just need to be quiet the corinthian church was really messed up they were totally messed up i mean this was one of the most jacked up churches so i can see a world where paul enters into this context and says ladies keep your mouth shut like you're being a distraction Uh, and in a different church he might have to look at some of the dudes or kids and say y'all are not controlled like you need to keep Mm -hmm. your mouth shut in these contexts but the point being we don't totally know the context of this but what we do know is that paul does permit women to teach and to pray and and to prophesy and to sing and et cetera et cetera et cetera so um at the end of the day here's here's the question um what are women allowed to do and the answer is everything except for be an elder and to teach with the elders authority at the village church here's how we apply it it's very simple Um, women can do everything in the village church except be an elder and preach from our pulpit. And the reason we do that is because the pulpit is is the place where the elders speak and preach. And I actually think in most churches, they understand that the pulpit is different from every other teaching Mm -hmm. environment in the church. Okay. So we reserve the pulpit for men. Let's be honest. I wish personally, my wife could preach. (laughs) <laughs> she's a better preacher than I am. She's a better communicator than I am. She's got better ideas than I am. She's more encouraging than I am. She's smarter than I am. If, if you ask me to say that in front of her, I won't. So just, <laughs> I but, think she heard you. I hope so. So, um, and so like my desire is not to limit anybody. My desire actually is before I want to free my wife to do everything she is capable of doing. My desire is to submit all of our capabilities, capacities, and ideas under the authority of the Word of God. That's right. And under under the word, Scripture. Totally. We want to let the Word of God direct how we do things. So uh, at the village, we have women ministry directors, which, mean, which means that women are leading major ministries of the church. They're leading teams. They're communicating and they're training. They're leading all over the church. The one position that um, they cannot, cannot do is the position of elder. Now at the village church, we right now, our practice is that we don't, do not have deaconesses. Um, and, and so at the village, technically, I guess there'd be two, but um, 
if you really want to be a deacon, you could probably find a really good, solid Bible teaching church that isn't super liberal, that has female deacons. Because again, different churches have different positions on that particular Mm -hmm. one. And we permit that, love that, encourage that. It's fine. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Please don't forget that you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us next time when we answer questions about predestination. And our first question will be, why can't I just choose God for myself? Mm